welcome to the Sports Plus Show with Baker, Big D, and Joe. This is a radio program that airs every Saturday at 11 Eastern on WXOJ Valley Free Radio in Springfield, Massachusetts. It is by theme a sports show, but you don't have to be a sports enthusiast to enjoy it and appreciate it. So we hope you do. Thanks for listening. So welcome to Sports Plus with Big D, Baker, and Joe. Uh, I may have the title wrong, but I'm I'm here at the control, so I'm mentioning myself <laughs> first. <laughs> now Sounds I'm gonna good. let Joe, so I can you know we, we this is a Zoom call and we can see everybody. Joe is is got the most interesting studio I've seen yet. <laughs> so he's got this really professional looking microphone, and then behind it is a is a step ladder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, no, I I was trying to get to an outdoor light the other day so that's why my <laughs> my office looks like a workshop looks like and I, I won't even show you the rest of it because it's a okay. disaster right now but some but some, uh, and, and how's everything on the left coast doing okay the the fire situation at least up here seems to be a little better you know at least the air with regards to air quality uh, go ahead matt i've got some fire news to over here in western mass wow. Ooh, Darryl, good. have you heard good. about this daryl no um, so um, there is a landfill here in Agawam, over here in Western Mass, uh, that borders Agawam and West Springfield. And it caught on fire um, Thursday afternoon around three. And as of last night was still burning. But wait a minute, didn't it rain there for you? We had nice rain. So it, oh, it rained a lot, but so I but actually- Not I enough worked, to put it out? No, because, and here's wow. the problem, I work with uh, the wife of a fire of a fire chief in, in one of the, the neighboring towns. And their concern is that the landfill and the fire is so deep to actually extinguish it. They need, they're needing to dig it all up. And, and oh, wow. so that's why they're, they're needing to bring in, it, it, it does, it pales in comparison to what was going on right. there in, you know, with the wildfires, but it, it still, nonetheless, um, it was a, it's a pretty stinky, burn as well the uh, what's the what's the theory of how it started i'm jokingly i said it was probably a bunch of high school kids who were in cohort a who had thursday off because <laughs> they're only in school monday and tuesday i have no you know, idea nobody knows yeah. how it started. well good hopefully next week you'll give us a somebody will have a clue of how it started they're, so, they're saying it could burn up to a week Oof. All right, so Sounds so listen gross. now. That's Matt, who's yeah. just uh, um, now. Joe, do you want to say anything else before we turn the show over to Matt? Uh, yeah, well, you know the the political unrest here in Anarchy City Number Two uh, <laughs> seems to have quieted down. Also, I think everyone we all we in Oregon everyone votes by mail. We got our ballots. Uh, I got now. My- I mean, it, you've done that for a while, right? They've done it, I think, for maybe eight or ten years or so. Right, so right. This I is think my- it's been a while, and it's. Trouble yeah, free. This is my third year doing it. I can't, after doing this for three years, I don't understand why all 50 states don't do this. It is so much easier. You get time to sit down with your ballot thoughtfully. I mean, no, when you right. see a voting booth, no one knows anything about the 19 candidates for, you know, well, not even if you judge have or, them lined up, you don't know the propositions that are always on there. Right. You and know, they I, take a lot of time to look at. Right. I always feel rushed when I go into a voting booth when I, you know, I sat down in my living room for an hour or so and got to, you know, read through all the things and they send a, a 60 page booklet with the, along with the ballot that explains all the measures and all the different, you can go online and see candidates positions. It now, really, uh, what'd you do with your ballot when you were done? I actually still have it because I just did this yesterday. Ooh, so I got you beat. I I've already completed my absentee ballot and uh, put it in the Dropbox. Hell, well, Helen, and, this little town I live in has a little yellow rusty uh, drop box. Yeah, we know? have we have boxes at public libraries is where I'll do it. That's the one that's closest. Yeah. To me. Or you know, I'm I'm ahead of, ahead of the game enough where I could actually mail it in. But well, that's kind of risky. The mail might you know be stopped. <laughs> yeah, who knows? What's well? I did see they they did restore the operations to the postal yeah, service last week, yeah, so hopefully that yeah. takes care of this. But it may be too little, too late. What yeah. what's, what's starting to chafe me already, and it gets worse every year, is the 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 social media posts 
I voted. Oh, look at me. I voted. Here's my <laughs> this, this year. That is the social media equivalent of posting that I brushed my teeth today or, you right, know, I, right, right. you know, it's, right. it's, it's the bare minimum right. you could be doing. It's not, and I, I mean, well, I understand okay, that Joe, social but, media, I understand yeah, that social it's, media it's good too. It's good in that sense that we're a country that what 30 or 40% of the electorate votes, some, some small, so anything, I got no problem with anything that, that uh, promotes voting. Uh, well, but no, I, I know what you mean. I know social media is there to amplify the mundane, and that's why people use it. Yeah, but, but you but know I, what? There's a choice you could make. Stay off social media. <laughs> well, but who could, who could do that? Who could do 2020? Who could me, do that these days? Me, when you get really old, it's really easy. You just sit in a comfortable chair and take a nap, man. Well, it's fine. I, it's easy. I'm, what I'm curious about, though, is I, I don't trust that all these people are actually voting. I think it's so much easier to to post a notice that says you did. And I I read something, it was in the Washington Post earlier in the week that because you look at the polls and Biden's ahead by six or eight points, depending on which polls you look at. And I think it's the same, it's, it's right along the same pattern in 2016. At this point, a few weeks before the election, Hillary Clinton was up. It's a little years. stronger this year, but you're right. I mean, we're, we're, what is it? Once bitten, twice shy. Well, and, yeah. and national popular polls mean nothing anyway, because that's right. not how we elect right. a president. But I think also people are more emboldened to vote for Trump in a closed secret booth or in a, in a written ballot than they are to admit it to a pollster or to their friends <laughs> or to, to the public, because it's, you know, it's, it's embarrassing. Let's quite, face well, it. <laughs> quite, fr quite frankly, it's an objectionable position. If it, yes, objectionable it position, if you support that guy, right. You, well, yeah, all right. but again, yeah. we're not politics, <laughs> we're sports. So well, no, but go, let me, I, I do think, and this, this isn't me, but it is some people I've spoken to and, I do think it's fair, and I think this is where the media has done a disservice to us as people. Again, this isn't me. I don't like Donald Trump. I didn't like him in 2016. But there are people out there who, it, it, they don't dislike Joe Biden, but they dislike his policies. He, they dislike the direction that the Democratic Party, like there is a difference uh, philosophically between left and right. And there are people who can say, I can put up with an idiot tweeting, and but I, I want his, a president is there for four years. A country is there for much longer past that. And I think there are people who, it's not that a vote for Trump does, is not, and, and this is where it's dangerous. A vote for Trump is not, you're an awful person. A vote for Trump very well could be. I don't like Joe Biden. Okay. All right. And but, why you know, is that? I'll, why is I'll that buy that, Matt. I'll buy that. But let me just ask you the question. List the top three accomplishments of Trump's first four years. I, 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 I'm not. You know what I'm I mean? So, I mean, it's like. I think it's dangerous to sit there and say, if you vote for Trump, you are racist, you are no, an awful right, human being, when no. that might not, that, that very well is probably not the case for a lot of people who will right. vote for Trump. I, I'm, not saying that, I'm not saying that every Trump voter is a horrible person to the core. What I'm saying, what I will say, what I will shout from the top of every mountaintop is that if you vote for Trump, you're supporting a man who has clearly demonstrated that he doesn't give a poop about the rule of law, that he doesn't care about poor Americans or black Americans, or, you know, if he gets rid of the, the ACA, gets rid of the, the, um, the pre-existing condition component of the ACA, then I'm back to spending 15 to $18,000 a year on healthcare. And I am 100% going to have to leave the country i just can't afford to to do this anymore and that's that in and of itself the the number of americans that he will put in jeopardy you know in serious life and limb jeopardy is is staggering and anyone who supports him is essentially voting to kill off some of their friends and it's just i can't after four years of this i i can't 
Yeah. I, I have no room in my life really for, I've, I've eliminated from my social media all but two, I think, Trump supporters. And these are two guys that I've known forever. And I don't think, you know, I, I have respect for them in a lot of different ways. I still am trying to talk them off the Trump pedestal. But, you know, one guy is, lives sort of a privileged, privileged life in Florida. He lives in a community where everyone's 70 years old. So I can see where his worldview puts him on that end. The other guy makes $20,000 a year and lives in a, in a blue collar part of New Jersey. And I, that's the, that's the side. I don't understand how someone who doesn't have a quarter million dollars in the bank can support this guy because his, his policies right. go against everything. Right. But, but let's, let's grant that Matt's basic point is a good one. So Matt, go ahead, turn us towards sports. I know politics oh. is going to stick its ugly head in constantly, but there's a lot, a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Well, let, let I would honestly like to, st- the biggest national sport line, in, in my opinion, is the NBA finishing. They completed. Yeah. Their yes. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just, I, I did, I watched game six, dominated. The Lakers dominated. Over at halftime. Over at halftime. And, and, and yeah. you can, you base it in hindsight after you watch it and you sort of reflect on it. You definitely, at least my opinion was the Heat, to their credit, left it all out on the court in game five. They eked out that victory, but they were just spent. And it was, you know, the war of attrition. Anthony Davis, we, we talked about it last week. Is Anthony Davis going to be able to be healthy? Can he play? He did. He was. He dominated. LeBron James is is the best Great. player to ever play basketball. Oh, but yeah, I have to admit that that hurts to say because I love Bill Russell, but uh, I'll, I'll, I, I have so much respect for LeBron right now. So much. You know, but I, I think I, I want to get into, and I know we've kind of done this at nauseum lately, get in a little bit of the, the LeBron Jordan debate, because I, I, I was driving uh, home the other day and it kind of got me thinking, I know Joe, you're shaking your head, right? <laughs> But look, LeBron, LeBron, what, what got me and it actually gave me chills was after LeBron won, he won the MVP again and a new team. And, you know, he's going through the list of Lakers. We wanted our respect. Rob Palenka wanted his respect, respect. Coach Vogel wanted his respect. And then LeBron kind of in a, in a mic drop moment said, and I want my damn respect too. And anybody out there who, wants to hate on LeBron for making a decision 12 years ago, they need to get over that. Um, In this area here in Western Mass, Celtics fans, Daryl, I'm sorry. I I don't think this is necessarily you, but I have some Celtic friends who just hate LeBron because they're a Celtic fan. You need to get over that. LeBron James. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't say LeBron James isn't on the Mount Rushmore of NBA. Where I actually give a, a LeBron, I mean, a, um, a Michael Jordan the nod is, I think he's the most influential basketball player ever. And Michael Jordan's impact on basketball will never, in my opinion, will never be overcome. At, Tiger Woods, the same in golf. Michael Jordan made it cool to wear the Nikes. Michael Jordan made basketball relevant. You um, like Mike. And, and, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm aging myself a little bit here in saying this, and, and you, guys, you very well might disagree with this, but I just think where Michael Jordan elevated the NBA to take that next step, making it global, making it worldwide, if it wasn't for Michael Jordan's dominance, um, I think it was Commissioner Stern at the time. He, I think he was commissioner at that point. I don't think he would have been able to do the things he did globally. That was because of Michael Jordan, and you can never take that away. Before but, Jordan, before ahead, Jordan came in the league, there the NBA wasn't even on television. I mean, there were yes, they they, they were a a 
backroom league that you couldn't see a live game. So absolutely, I give Jordan and, you know, Magic Johnson, the Showtime Lakers, they all sort of deserve some kind of share in that credit. But, but absolutely, Jordan was, Jordan was the reason, you know, little kids on the playground all were trying to – and it was really funny – you could see the, you could see little kids trying to imitate him by r- running down the lane and doing these crazy <laughs> shots that all of a sudden were were part of basketball. But yeah, absolutely. that's me. I, I I have I have pictures of my parent. My parents just moved, and so we're going through old pictures and things. And there's a picture of me taking a you know remember those old Nerf basketballs and you would yep. hang a basketball yep. hoop on your closet door. And here's yep. me pretending to dunk with my tongue sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that has nothing to do other than Michael Jordan would do that. And I have a poster of Michael Jordan doing his, you know, the foul line slam dunk contest. So LeBron James, just, it, it's not about, it's a team sport. It can't just be about rings. I realize one player it can, can dominate the court in basketball more than any one player in any other sport. But if you just look at his skill set, how his game has evolved, he can shoot a three. He can dominate at any position on the court. He can take anybody one-on-one and win that matchup. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player to ever play, period. And you know, the final people point to the finals losses that LeBron has more finals losses than, than wins, but I, I think he deserves the credit for carrying all those absolutely finals. Absolutely. That, the guy's been in the in the league for 17 seasons. He's made the finals ten times. That's right. insane. On with three different teams. Right. And so yeah, so let me just put a little historical context. So I, I consider the top three players of all time Bill Russell, Jordan and uh, LeBron. And um, the thing is, so Bill Russell, that's when I was a teenager, a kid, and so they won 10, 10 in a row, much smaller league, brilliant coach, general manager, and uh, just a, it was truly a great team. But they didn't sell out Boston Garden. They didn't sell out Boston Garden. You know, and, the and tickets were Boston four bucks, was and tickets were right. four bucks a piece too. Boston yeah. was a um, was a Red Sox team at the time. You know, football had nothing going on. Uh, so so that's but Russell was great, but Russell couldn't dribble behind his back. Um, but he changed defense forever. Um, Jordan, the thing you can say in his favor is that every time he got to the finals, he won which is kind of what was true about Russell, too. Russell lost one, I think. Um, But the thing about LeBron is, and the reason why I honestly have grown to love him, is that he's all the things you just listed, Matt. He can take the three, dunk, all that crap. But he he is a team-first player. He led the league in assists this year. He led the league in assists. I mean... You know, Russell couldn't do that, and I don't think Jordan ever came close to that. Um, So, you know, and the other point I'll make on LeBron is just that he's brought three different, not ultra-talented teams to the finals. Yeah, and that's where LeBron's versatility becomes, sort of amplifies his greatness because he can modify his game from series to series, minute to minute, based on what his team needs and what, what his teammates are doing. And that's, I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Is he the greatest teammate ever? And I think just his adaptability and his, it just his, he, he just literally willed them to that win in game six. They were not going to lose that game. And it, it, obviously Jimmy Butler was gassed after game five, but LeBron was not going to lose that game. I would have bet all the farms on. <laughs> So I just, I have a question for you guys. And I had this, this thought when Michael Jordan was at the top, Daryl, mostly to you, I know you're more of the basketball historian. Where else was there star power, real star power in the NBA? Pistons, Pistons. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas and the Lakers. So, the Lakers still had some yep. of their, you know, worthy and and I don't know when Jabbar uh, when Jabbar retired, but uh, you know, the Magic Johnson was still around in the mid '80s. 
but but Jordan was on top in the '90s. So like in my head, what I what I think is okay. You had a Charles Barkley, um, Akeem Olajuwon. I'm talking about like who who were the household names that you didn't have to be a basketball fan to know. Carl Malone, John Stockton, Larry Bird. Larry Bird was still in the league. Uh, well, he might have been uh, done. I missed. Bird played through well, ninety. Bird played through ninety-two. I think, and, and this is not to discredit a Jordan at all, but I'm, I'm almost wondering if, you know, from a marketing, again, the globalization of the NBA, it, it was Jordan. Whereas LeBron, it, it's not, the marketing piece is not just about the basketball. It's about, you know, shoe sales and, and commercials. And LeBron has always had to share, I think, that spotlight with multiple superstars, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal earlier in his career, um, you know, D Wade, there's always, I think LeBron has always been the most talented, but the NBA since Jordan has been able to market multiple, you know, global icons, household names. So I, I, that's my question. I, I wonder if that had something to do with it too, with Jordan's, you know, iconic status globally. It was just him. Daryl, you want to take this first? Oh, no, go ahead. Well, it's funny because I think actually at, at the top, I feel like the stars back then stood out a little more where now the, the top of the pyramid's a little more rounded where there are, we've got a handful of stars at that top level. I mean, you talk about Giannis or Anthony Davis, you can, there, there was, there was a debate before the playoffs that, there were these four, four or five other players that could be regarded in that in Le- LeBron's circle. I think now we've got a lot more players in that sort of A minus to A range. Where back then the the, the it was a little more top heavy. I mean, we talk about you know Bird, Magic Johnson, even Kareem all playing at the same time as Jordan was coming into the league. I mean, that was. That's pretty stellar. I mean, you're talking about, you know, five of the top 10 greatest players of all time. The, you know, Matt, I think a big issue is, and I think this is true in all sports, is that conditioning and training is so advanced now that I think that the overall athletes are just far superior to Ted Williams and, uh, and, you know, in Russell's day, you know, I mean, players used to, after the, you know, they used to smoke cigarettes before the yeah. game, you know, they, <laughs> they, 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 in the off season, they would gain 20, 30 pounds and, and yeah. not do, you know, a walk around the block. I mean, they did not, you know, have the training, you know, some did obviously were self-motivated, but by and large, I think that the average player, in any sport you want to name right now is far superior to the average player of, of 30, 40 years ago. Well, and I, just, think, I, I think you can also give Jordan a lot of credit for that too, because he was, you know, up until his time, it seemed like talent was the biggest determining fact, determining factor as, as to your success as a pro, but he, Michael Jordan succeeded because he worked a hundred times harder than anyone else and was more so much more intense about his training and his his practice and all those things that i think that transformed all of sports right down to baseball which was the laziest of the four (laughs) i know (laughs) you know i remember um earl weaver he was a great manager for baltimore and uh he had this reliever. I can't remember who it was. It was, you know, they didn't really call it a closer then, but it was, uh, you know, he would finish up games. He was a great reliever for him. I can't remember who it was, but um, <laughs> he, uh, he, he had, you know, he's a lot of relievers seem to be like this. They get into three and two counts. They get, they walk a couple players, you know, people, they get into the holes, but then they pull themselves out. And so Weaver was a cigarette smoker. And he described this reliever as a full pack, you know, because he'd smoke a full pack because uh, it took so long for this guy to get the, uh, get the outs, uh, uh, you know, but oh, yeah. So um, Wade Boggs that prided himself on drinking a whole 30 from one uh, 
when he was flying from one uh, ballpark to another, he could he would Did bring he really? a back on the plane and finish it before he landed. Oh he God. was um, he was actually great to watch as on he the was. Red Sox. He yep. was great, and, and then he still and he did well on the Yankees. He was super superstitious, and you know, like he he walked the same way to the to the third base every single time. You know, just that business of don't step on a crack, break your mother's back. He had that. To, his diet. I think he ate the same chicken he, he every chicken, single. Chicken, yeah, before every game. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you know, so I, I gotta. I, I'm glad, Matt. You brought up the NBA first, though, because they really successfully pulled something out off. Now it's much different in football and baseball because of the number of of teammates involved. You know, you can, you know, to be in that bubble required less than a hundred people for each team, whereas. A football team is going to be 200, and a baseball team is going to be over 100, too, probably. But, um, you know, that's – that's they did it. They did it. They did a beautiful job. The other thing I'd say is – and you know, I liked how um, you guys said A, A- for other top players. I have so much respect for Jimmy Butler now. He is – he is great. And I, I really didn't, I just sort of turned on the last games before halftime, saw what had happened and didn't watch anymore, but I have it. I can go back and look at it and I will to just sort of see, I like your comment, Joe, that they ran out of gas and I think something happened and boy, it was just, you know, you can't get 25 points behind at halftime without probably like you said, running out of gas. Well, and I think, you know, we've kind of lost sight of this because of what the Heat had done through the playoffs, but the Lakers were the better team, and the better team wins in the NBA almost every time. You know, there were really, I can only count a handful of times in my life where it seemed like not the best team won the title, and they were very, very clearly throughout the playoffs once LeBron got into LeBron playoff mode they were very clearly the best team. And that's why last week I said, I was pretty sure they were going to win game six, but I did not expect that. I mean, it, I was, I was really, really itching for one more you know, last second kind of fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. even if it wasn't a, a, a one basket game, it would have been nice to, but it was, what was interesting was it, the final was only third. I think they won by 13. And I sort of looked up with a couple minutes left. So I they're they're pulling back within yeah right? but they but they they held off see the thing is and it's interesting what you guys say about talent so i actually you know in my um rose colored glasses that i look through the world and i feel that celtics were more talented than miami they weren't better balanced they had a big miss uh, uh they just need a big man but um so i think that talent is really important but i think it was the will of butler and dragage and, the, and their coach, Spolstra, that got them past the Celtics. The Celtics, this was a year the Celtics could have got to the finals. I don't think the Celtics would have done any better against uh, the, the Celtics, Lakers. The Celtics weren't, aren't mentally tough enough to win yet. Yeah, right. And yeah. I hope they can get that way. They've got the 14th pick in the draft this year. They should be able to get a center. Well, so, and when I say better team, there's more to that than talent, too. Yeah, there is, right. Yeah, like, you're right. Like Matt said, and there's also coaching. There's motivation, which obviously Jimmy Butler has in droves more than anyone on that Celtics roster. And that's the thing. Other than Marcus Smart, the Celtics don't have that. You know, I, I don't see that from, from Tatum or Jalen Brown. Maybe Brown a little more than Tatum, but I don't see that LeBron, Jordan, Jimmy Butler type internal drive from those guys yet and they're young yeah, but right. the thing is it's also it's also part of what a coach can still do in the nba and i don't see that happening from brad stevens and i you know i i know so I joe if you were danny ainge would you let go of stevens i think i'd keep him for one more year because yeah, i don't think I'd keep him team... for more than one year but right well, he, he has so much good stuff but right the, this and team the hasn't is, look shown at what he did in butler he got a so-so team to the finals, you know, and, and a little ball bouncing off the rim from being national champs. So, uh, you know, I think he's, he's, you know, and the other thing is I like his calm demeanor and Spolstra was the same way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Well, I think the Celtics haven't reached their ceiling yet either so we'll see you know but i, I think he's got to he's got to elevate them in the next two or three years or he's going to be gone look at doc right. rivers who right. and doc oh, rivers. oh i'm glad you brought that up i wanted to so right because the so the clippers just faded in a in a really sickening way it was just they just like gave up um and is is that something to do with doc rivers you know and it was interesting that doc rivers got hired right away into that flawed but talented Philly team. So it's interesting. He's an interesting character. Well, and we'll see what the Sixers end up doing. I, I wouldn't, I'm not completely sure they're going to bring both Simmons and Embiid back next year. I think Simmons has got to shoot. He's got to shoot. You know, they'll never, if, if he's their point guard, <laughs> he's got to shoot. He's got to shoot. It's like, this is basketball. You go out and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. Uh, you know, he's got some sort of mental block, sort of like Altuve has right now on his throwing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and it's just like he's got to shoot because he's such a great player in every other aspect. He just needs a little 15-foot jumper, you know. Daryl, when we play one-on-one, -on -one, my defensive strategy to guard you is I'm just going to let you shoot. <laughs> you're gonna I'm lose gonna you. you're taller than me you, you know right I'm not gonna let you're you gonna lose down. that's one thing i can do is hey, shoot. shoot the ball keep shooting i'll get the rebound and then you know you, you gotta make the shots and and, and uh yeah. for whatever reason i agree i think it's mental um but it's basketball and so if you look at what lebron james done and i know we're, we're winding down this basketball uh segment here but, right, um, we're 33 minutes into our show, so we got LeBron James worked left. at it. When he came into the league, he didn't have a three-point shot. True. He worked at it. And yeah. I think if Doc Rivers is worth anything as a coach, we debated this last week, is he even as good as, as we think he is? Um, he will get Ben Simmons to, to get into the court and practice. You can develop a shot. It's the NBA. You can develop a shot. And if Ben Simmons wants to be good, because right now he's not. He can't shoot and you can't be a starting point guard and lead your team to a championship if you are not going to shoot it. So if he, Ben Simmons wants to be good, he'll work this off season and develop his shot. All That's, right. So well, go ahead, I, just, I just want to say shooting. Absolutely. Matt shooting is the most improvable skill in basketball, right, even, even right, at that right. level. But you would think, right. I mean, this guy's been in the league for four or five a years. A long now. time. And he, and he had the same issue in college. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so listen, so before we leave basketball, I do want to mention the, the um, scandal at UMass, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah, like, because that's where I was going next. Okay. So go ahead. I honestly, I'm not going to pay any attention to it. It looks like minor, 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 and they can vacate all the wins they want because the UMass doesn't win anything. <laughs> <laughs> so my father-in-law sent me a message last night, Matt, check out this basketball. Same with, same with my son, Ben, who, who now, I'm going to get on the show uh, because he's, he's uh, in San Diego and he's a tremendous sports fan. He what, sent it to me right away. What I've, found and and daryl tell me i, I what i I've barely found looked at was it. it was about Derek kellogg yes, yes. oh i was yes. i, I was curious i was curious because it said the article i read said they were blaming it on a former coach that right was, so what i was wondering what, who, the way i understand that was. it the way i understand it is that um is that the umass was doing an internal study and found out that they had overpaid athletes i guess they gave 9, them a 000? housing total of, a, total total of ninety ninety one hundred dollars for four four different athletes right yeah. and so they i'm they, sorry 12 they, 12 different athletes they were first in a expensive housing situation and then they switched i think to us to cheaper but they still got the full price so one way that this could have been taking care of would be collecting money from those four individuals and that would have done it but instead uh, you know it escalated and so i it's funny um, uh, when my father-in-law left me the message i got worried because you know me there i want umass to be good i want to root for them right and, and so at first bad. i thought oh no um you know this year's team they're bringing back um all their you know their young talent from last year and and this year is going to be 
it happened. It, it, what I found was it was 2014 to 2017 where was this issue. It was a Derek Kellogg thing. You know, I'm not, I don't even know. Water under the bridge. It is what it is. And like you said, <laughs> vacate wins. What did they win? Right. Well, I mean, those basketball teams weren't terrible. That was those were the years that I was there covering. You know, brought, doing the doing the game. So I, I Joe, I didn't we, didn't you and I broadcast a great game together? Yeah, Xavier, yeah. Daryl, I think you did a couple with us, and I, yeah, we, we had a lot of fun. And though they were, there was a great bunch of guys to to work right. with and to be around. What I think is interesting is the the sort of paltry nature of the penalty they got two years probation and a five thousand dollar fine and a five thousand dollar <laughs> fine that's that's like a that's like pennies to schools like this. well it doesn't sound like it was a serious scam no and it was and i think part of it has to do with the 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 degree of the violation essentially they overcompensated because some some of the athletes were living off campus so they paid them more than the housing stipend was allowed. I mean, these are yeah, minor yeah. things in there. So, self-caught and self-reported helps. The NCAA likes when you rat on right, yourself like this. Right. So I think, you know. But, they, but yeah, so anyway, but before we leave UMass, I also want to bring up um, uh, the UMass football team, which plays its first and last and game of the season this today. So far, they have no other teams on their schedule. They're hoping other teams have cancellations, have openings that they can fill. But right now, their their season's either going to be one and zero or zero and one. Well, it's funny too. We've we've talked a lot about are we enjoying these things? Are they a distraction? Yeah. Are they? Yeah. How about let's maybe shift the the question a little bit to is this necessary? Is this helping? And I think we can say that. Maybe not necessary, but the NBA and the WNBA were positives. The NHL had a positive outcome to what to what they were trying to do. I don't think, in any respect, we can call what's happening in college football a, a positive or a good situation right now with all the cancellations and you know Nick Saban now, who apparently had it a couple months ago and didn't Ooh. really adjust his behavior at all. So I, I don't, you know, I, I think the, is it worth it? I think the answer is a little different now, for, especially for, for college sports and particularly for UMass, that's going to play one game in, in a, in, <laughs> as an independent. But. Well, what I, uh, let's shift this a little bit and, and get into the plus side of our sports plus show. And Joe, you, you sent us a text uh, earlier in the week about UMass bringing back a bunch of students on campus. Yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of, <clears throat> I don't know if, if you had information that you wanted to share about that, but I, I, I kind I did do a little digging into some numbers and, I, you know, sports are different. Sports are an extra bonus. We can get by without college sports, but I do wonder if we do need to get some of these college kids back on campus so they can learn and, and campuses can sustain. I think college college kids can learn online. It for ninety five percent of coursework, it it can be done. And you know, most courses, most departments at least offer a, a bulk of their coursework online, as as it is. So I think the the issue. Of, I, I think it's not yet time to to be bringing to be filling up college campuses. The article was a was from the UMass paper from the Daily Collegian. And I, it was interesting because it's not something I had thought of before, but there are across the country thousands of RAs and, you know, residential life who are, who are students who get their housing for free because they support. Right. So they're, they're, it's paying for their way through college. Right. And now they've been on, they've been back on campus, mandatory that they're back on campus to get their stipend, which is fine if the campus is empty, but now they're, and the, this was from an RA who was concerned that he was being put in jeopardy because now all these football players were going to be on campus and filling up these two buildings and interacting with all these other people. And I completely understand that it's really to, to ask those students to be put in jeopardy just so UMass can play one football game. <laughs> it's, I mean, we could, we could talk for an hour about but, how stupid okay. that is. But, right. But at the same time, what if you were, 
one of the athletes, um, trainers, coaches, you know, especially the athletes, you know, they have a, a, a brief little window in time. They were good enough to make even the worst team in the country, UMass. And, you know, they're talented uh, individuals. And so for them not to play at all, that's really heartbreaking for, for that individual athlete. So, you know, honestly, as dumb as their season sounds right now, I'd say it's worth it. I think they've they've had they've tested these athletes over and over and over, and they're certainly getting less tests than baseball teams. Is it less positive? Is it worth it if well, a 19, if a nineteen year old kid dies? Is it worth it? I don't think. No, I, and one but, one has already died. One has. Well, already hold died. on, hold on, hold on. And and you're right. Is it worth it if anybody dies? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I did a little bit of of looking into some numbers. I might be wrong with the numbers I found. I, I had them bookmarked on my iPad, but I don't have it in front of me now. What I found is that since colleges have, have reopened for this semester, there have been 168,000 cases. Of those cases, there have been 70 deaths. Um, I did the math quickly. It's like 0.00144, something like that. Um, then I went on to the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism and looked up statistics for how many students die due to alcohol-related deaths on campus annually, just under 2,000. I totally agree. One death is too many. But I also... But 70 feel, is it? What's that? But 70 is it? That's... No, well, but Joe, I, I, at to what point? I mean, are, are so are you for not allowing alcohol on every campus because alcohol leads to student death? I mean, I'm generally for it's allowing. It's a personal choice. Yeah, I mean, I'm gen, I'm generally but, for allowing allowing whatever. I but I think here here's where the adults in the room have to demonstrate a little more caution and responsibility than the 19 year old kids who are going to want to be with their friends and play football and go to parties. And, you know, I, I, but yeah, go ahead. Continue. I, the universities and colleges responsibility is to educate young adults. I, for one, personally, I don't think I could get a quality education online. I am too distracted. I have a hard enough time giving a quality education. I'm the one giving it. I'm a teacher. <laughs> I have right. a, I'm distracted at home. <laughs> and so when I, I think this has been so grossly mishandled from the beginning, if it was taken seriously and I, I just think if universities, if you put safeguards out there, look, because the bottom line is if you have 168,000 people testing positive that result in 70 deaths, the majority, yes, you're sick. It's unpleasant. Allergies are unpleasant too. I, I think weighing risk and benefit, it's, it's worth having the people who are going to be the leaders of our country, you know, young adults need to be educated. They need the best quality education that they can get. And I think there are, it's easier for a Springfield college because it's, it's smaller. I've read, they've already sent home about four kids for not following guidelines. As little as not walking outside in a mask, you're sent home, done. You can defend yourself at your advisory hearing. I realize that's harder at uh, a University of Florida where you're talking about tens of thousands of, you know, of, of students. But it, look, you put the guidelines in there. If you don't follow the guidelines, you know, you're sent home. But, I, you know, I do think college kids, they need to be on campus. The statistics are not showing that, yeah, you're, you're sick for a week or two. You, you, I, I just, I don't think keeping kids away from college so they are sitting on their Zoom call with their microphone and, and video off 
is the way to educate these kids. While they're playing Angry Birds or whatever else, you know, you know game I, I, they have. So, I, I mean, that, I think that honestly that, that, kid, that kid that's going to play Angry Birds at home on a Zoom call is going to play Angry Birds in, in Right, the, right, in at, at class. No, but yeah. um, I think, and I think that what Matt brought up too is, is what my daughter, um, the econo economist, you know, keeps talking about is um, risk balance, you know, like, um, you know, what is the risk balance and what you're doing? So, you know, now we have what, uh, 12 minutes left now. So I, I do want to make sure that we don't skip professional football because it's fairly interesting. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I would like to talk seriously about what happened to Dak Prescott. Um, and I think. Okay. So, because... yeah. So, so we're going to let college go. Um, you know, the risk balance, you know, a lot of, conferences like just to see the big 10 and back 12 come back after canceling you know it's that's the decision they're making so let's not make a judgment on it let's move on to zach prescott now i know he had some season ending energy correct oh, you injury daryl i didn't was, i didn't pay much attention to this it. was this was theisman like i mean it was and I, I'm, oh, I'm, oh. I'm sorry. God, I when you say it. that, and yeah. I, and I, I think, and I, I, it's been what? That's been like 30, 40 years. I don't you think probably haven't long, even but... seen that one, Matt. You, did you see no, Joe Theismann? I know about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, that was gross. So, so that's what it was. It was a gross injury. He was, so yeah. And, and there's context here. There's, there's history in here. And what I think is the significance of this injury, we'll get into that. He was, he was playing the Giants, obviously, you know. I'm a, I'm a giant fan. Um, he was. Uh, Is that the uh, Owen Five Giants, or are they actually bad. won something? <laughs> no, they're Owen Five. Ironically enough, the same team that ended Theismann's career, and that was Daryl. I I was shocked. I just looked this up. That was 1985. It did not does not seem wow, that long ago. 35 years ago. Wow. wow. So he was rolling out. Um, player went into tackle and kind of grabbed up high up on the shoulders it, it was not it was totally legal nothing illegal happened but uh Dak's ankle got twisted underneath him and Ooh. the defender his ankle dislocated and snapped um gruesome, gruesome injury oh. what ironically happened on the same week that Alex Smith made his return now this is a guy who two years ago while playing for the Redskins Alex Smith. Alex, Alex Smith, Smith had the same yeah. type of injury, tib, fib, fracture, dislocated ankle, um, and had an infection after surgery, almost lost his leg. Um, and, and, and they actually had to it was out for surgery. several years, two years. Yeah. Had, they called in military surgeons. It was, it was a, it was, um, described as a military injury. Like if your leg got blown up from an, uh, an explosive. So, but anyway, with Dak Prescott, what I think the more significant piece is, is his contract issue. And it's an injury. It's serious. He's done for the year. It could be done for his career. I think everybody's What's his contract status right now? So he's still on his rookie deal. The way the okay. NFL has, uh, uh, they have a weighted rookie scale. And because of where he was drafted, uh, fifth round or something, um, he basically was getting paid peanuts. His contract is what had allowed the Cowboys to go after and really pay Ezekiel Elliott and pay Amari Cooper and pay their linemen. He's been in for the past two years, a bit of a contract dispute with the team. What it came down to this year is the team had offered him a very lucrative contract it was a five-year contract on par for like the russell wilson's it was a fair contract but it was a five-year contract dak prescott only wanted a four-year contract because after that fourth year the nfl is re-signing a new contract with tv and so there's going to be big money big 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 money and so dak prescott's position is sign me for four so then after you guys get your new TV deal, you can pay me more money again. And Jerry Jones, it, it, was, it was a business decision. 
Jerry Jones said, no, we'll pay you five so we can lock you up past that year and, and do something then. So basically, Dak Prescott went in this season betting on himself, hoping to get the contract extension after this year. He now lost. So now this guy is in a position where he's got no long-term security. And, you know, it, I, I think it, it, it shows the nastiness of the business. He, was, he deserved money. Now, I, I do think athletes, as in general, are way overpaid. Way, way, yeah. way. So, so are actors. And, you know, overpaid. Yeah, I don't, you know. And so but, are traders on Wall Street, but, you know, good for them. Well, then that's kind of it. Look, the market kind of says Dak Prescott was worth this amount of money and Jerry Jones couldn't come to an agreement with him. And now this guy has nothing. He's not guaranteed a thing. And if he can't come, come back from this injury, this is somebody who had a 95% chance of setting up generational wealth for him and his family. This family, they were homeless with him growing up. He just lost his brother this during the course of this year. This family has been through a lot and he had a 95, about a 95% chance of setting them up for generational wealth. And unfortunately now, the 5% hit him. He's not guaranteed a thing for his family past this year. And, and that's, it's unfortunate. Well, and, and football players are at the absolute highest risk of that happening. They have the greatest chance of catastrophic injury. They have the, the smallest guaranteed contracts. I mean, you see an a NFL contract that's, you know, for a quarterback that's five years, $100 million, usually maybe $20 million of that is guaranteed. And I think what I saw as a possibility, and I really hope that this is what Jerry Jones decides to do, and he's done right by his players and by his coaches quite often. So I could see them franchising him for next year, which – guarantees him the salary among the top handful of players at his position, which would be a quite a handsome raise for him, even if he misses the whole season. And I, I would love to see that happen. It would kind of restore a little faith in, in the corporate structure of the NFL. For me, we'll see what happens. Football is the cruelest sport. We see players pushed out. You know, Tom Brady was the greatest player in the league for most of his career got sort of shuffled out the door. And that's what happens when you're no longer a value to your team. Well, well, that, no, it, to be, be exactly right about Belichick, that's what happens when you're a year before you're going to be yeah. of no value. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that said, regardless of whether Dak Prescott ever plays another down, I, I don't, I don't fear for his ability to provide for his family. He's an exceptionally intelligent man. If he doesn't play ever again, he'll have a job in, in broadcasting. He'll have a job in the media. Uh, he could, he could coach or run a team. He's a, he, you know, he's a quarterback. He's got that broad sense of, of what all 22 players need to do. I, you know, I don't so much fear for him as I would fear for a, a, a fifth round rookie or an undrafted rookie who was in the same situation or got hurt during training camp. Prescott's proved his value to his team and to the league. That remains to be seen. This will be an interesting thing to follow to see both his, his physical rehabilitation and, and where his team goes. Yeah. So in, in the last, the last few minutes, I do want to, I just, the, this conversation just brought up one other thought I had on LeBron and versus Michael which is the other thing I really admire about LeBron is he has spoken out in society. You know, Le Michael was during the time when Charles Barkley would say, we are, I am not a role model. You know, LeBron has been an absolutely great role model for all sorts of people, including starting that school in Cleveland. So, you know, and I do think, and he's really brought it more than, really any other current athlete I think has really uh, embraced uh, speaking out as a human being. Yeah. I think yeah. He's, he's the Ali of, of his generation. Yeah. 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 But, and Joe, I, I agree with you. And I do think, I hope as a giant fan, I, I, I actually almost, I, I, that bothered me seeing Dak Prescott's injury because he's a stand up dude. 
And, you know, he does things the right way. He was a fifth round draft pick. He worked hard. And when you're the quarterback of the Cowboys, that doesn't come without critique and criticism on a regular basis. And he's handled that great. But I do, I, I agree. I think he'll end up with a franchise tag for one year, but I actually, but that it puts him in the same boat. There's no security there. And well, I but he's, think, a, he's a free agent afterwards, unless they franchise but, him second. But yeah. I, I, I don't think it's realistic to think that you will come back from this type of injury on week one. Yes, you might be a starter, but there's no way you're playing at the same level he was playing at now. I mean, this yeah. he was playing at, at MVP. They're not winning, right. so he wasn't in the MVP category. But his statistics, but his statistics for the MVP first four level, weeks. Yeah. He's not coming back after year one. And so he's going to be on a franchise tag. And then you're going to look at what he did in, in next year, and you're going to say, well, bud. You threw a lot of picks. I can't give you a five-year, $200 million contract like yeah. he would have had. And, and so that, that's where I think, you know, it, he'll never make up the money he lost. And it's all because, uh, for whatever reason, they couldn't work out a deal. And, and I, I think if you have your franchise quarterback in Dak Prescott on your team, if you want to sign him for f five, but he wants four, you just make it work. I'm totally coming at this from the player's point of view. I'm not sympathizing with the owners. That might not be the best business decision, but you've, there, there are not 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Dak Prescott is one of them. Yeah. Give him what he wants. So um, in, in our last half, half minute, Joe, you got anything you want to you throw out there? Uh, you know, I thought it was interesting to watch the different championship celebrations without fans. The yeah. the hockey one seemed the most natural. The Lakers was somewhere in the middle, and the WNBA, WNBA one looked like they had just won like a intramural game, you know, a midseason <laughs> intramural game. Right, but really we got to give a shout out to the WNBA. They really do things right. They're cool. Yeah, yeah they did, and they pulled things. Their bubble was as, as successful as the NBA's, and the games were just as good. I wish, I really wish more people were were into the WNBA because, well, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, it's almost more watchable than the NBA sometimes. All right. So thanks a lot for listening to uh, Sports Plus, and we will see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Take care. I just cut yours off, but we I think they cut us off after 58 and a half. We were at 58.40. So, well. Good right, one. I got to book it. I got to go play in a golf tournament. Uh, oh, man, uh, good luck. No. I hope you hit a few straight shots. Oh, nice. Hey, <laughs> hey Matt, I, I got I to gotta call you out for one thing. And one thing positive, one thing negative. We talked about the positive before the show started. M Matt sent out a, a picture, his family picture. And thankfully, it looks always looks really culty to me when the family dresses identically and they're all wearing blue shirts, <laughs> green pants, whatever. Matt's family was really coordinated, but there were a few different very like the kids both had brown tan pants on but yeah know, colors were the same but they didn't all look it wasn't scary it was a, an adorable picture so <laughs> thank you for that but 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 talked but, last week that's we, always the thing that you know you're in the job interview and you know but, you really think you're really qualified but as soon as you hear the but everything that went before you forget about <laughs> well you guys know this as teachers now you're supposed to sure. give criticism in a sandwich so you give a compliment then, <laughs> yeah. and then another compliment so so now we're into the you might want to hide under the desk for this but we talked last week about about nfl teams needing prep time needing practice time to play without being a health issue the titans were 16 days off they came back at a, a half a day of practice and then yeah destroyed buffalo who and i guess i can call you out on this a little bit too daryl you had buffalo is yeah. the paper tiger of the nfl to me they were they were outplaying their their talent at three right. or four and oh and right. so maybe they're back to earth a little bit but i thought that was interesting that tennessee came back after all that time off it looked right like and, and what about the patriots the if they actually play tomorrow they've had two weeks with i think two practices isn't it ironic? So two things, Joe, you're right. I was totally wrong on that one. I, I, <laughs> I, I was shocked. I thought if there was ever a lock in the NFL, bet on the Bills. So clearly don't follow me with your, uh, <laughs> your gambling advice. Foot, pro foot, football. It was the Globe had a big article about how they come up with the odds. It's very interesting. Yeah. But it's like you're it not – only the house wins, the VIG. That is the mm -hmm. whole thing. Bill, 
Bill Belichick, the most, you know, do your job kind of coach, tighten it up, Bill. Let's go. Every, every few days, there's one more positive test coming out of New England. Come on, man. No, but I think he's doing what's right. I think he's really reacting well for the Patriots. You know, they're, they're, they're not practicing. They're, yeah, it's all but they're virtual. still coming up with positive tests. So let's yeah. go. Get your guys come but, on. But, yeah, but he's not the only team, right? I mean, it's – yeah, yeah, but I, I don't think them not practicing. I don't think that's even his decision. I think that's yeah, the NFL is shutting down their their facility. No, I no, think. no. It's his. It's his decision. His team is so complimentary about the way he's handling the COVID thing. So, well, yeah. What, yeah, that's because you're reading the Boston Globe. <laughs> well, what, what's, is there another newspaper? <laughs> what's concerning to me is that the the testing seems really erratic. Like there, I don't see this is not a, a disease that's supposed to be out of your system in a matter of days. And we right. see all these players that test positive one day and then negative the next. And all they, positives and then yeah, the next. And, yeah, it, I'm with you, Joe. Yeah, I, 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 I don't I, know how we can trust any of these test results. No. That they, that's why the NBA. Pulling it off was sensational. Well, I don't know. Maybe right. Does the NBA have better tests than the NFL? I, 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 can't. I don't know, but no, they did. Uh, they were leading. Yeah. I said it last week. Two negatives don't make a positive yeah. when it comes to this. And so everybody coming in was clean. You were you were negative. You're not bringing it in. So, yeah. all right, fellas. Have a See good you, week. Matt. I got to go take hit the golf ball in the woods. Have fun. All right. <laughs> all right, Joe. Take it easy, man. All right. See you guys. See ya.